0: Hey, 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 what up, what up, what up? It's your boy Reggie Watkins. And we're back with another installment of Blue Check Diaries. Kevin, people really love these Blue Check Diaries. Did you know that? It means something, right? It it does. Like, I can see the viewership spikes whenever I have these guests on. And it might just be because they got Blue Checks and there are people that, that people think they should give a damn about. And we should give a damn about them. And today... We have Nazanin Noor here on the show with us. Do you know who Nazanin Noor is, Kevin? I do not, but I'm excited to learn. Okay, so we're going to learn a lot about this this lady here uh, because we met at a— at, Hello, Nazanin. Go ahead and say hello to everybody. Hello.
1: Oh, hi. You just reminded me of a Kevin Hart bit, by the way. You're like, you're going to learn today.
0: <laughs> so, so <laughs> Kevin, uh, we should also <laughs> let you know that Nazanin is very funny. OK, she has a very, (laughs) very funny follow on Instagram if you are looking for some laughs. But she also keeps it serious and real a lot of the time, mixes in some selfies and all the other good stuff. She is she is Instagram. That who is that that is Nazanin. She is Instagram and she has a blue check. So hello, Miss Blue Check Nazanin. How are you?
1: Hello. Good. Yes, that is the most important title I've ever held in my life As a blue check. Thank you so much. Blue I'm check? well. How
0: are you? I'm, I'm fantastic. And we have to mention that Nazanin is calling in on via phone patch because she's not here today in studio because she couldn't get here today. And she was going to be so kind, Kevin. She was looking to schedule an Uber to pay for her to get here, to come because we ain't got the budget yet for that guy. We, we ain't got mm-hmm. black cars to be sending. We'll
2: get mm-hmm. there soon. We'll get
0: there. Mm-hmm. It's coming. It's coming. But she was gonna Uber herself here, and I was like, man, don't be spending that money to be, you know, to come on to the show. We can do it from the phone patch and all that. So she is still at home in her pajamas at 2 27 p.m. Is that right, Nazanin? You are still in your pajamas It.
1: At- I am in my pajamas technically. but well, I did go put a shirt on because you said we had to test a, a video and I was not prepared for it. So I did put a shirt on, but in my defense, I'm doing work from home. I'm writing, and you know, if you write, you can write anywhere in any type of outfit. So, yes, I was in my pajamas.
0: There you go, and I appreciate that. How how do you feel about Uber and like the lifts right now? And uh-huh. do you only use one, or do you toggle between the two, Uber, Lyft, the ride shares?
1: Okay, this is such an important topic to discuss right now. I that's, do toggle between. That's both. what I do. That's what I Here's do. Here's the problem. Pre pre pandemic as we call it, PP, um, pre pandemic Uber and Lyft were always competing for who can get you where for the cheapest, right? Correct. And Lyft, Lyft was winning. And then Uber changed CEOs, and they were trying to kind of change their image around. And I don't know if it was working. Pandemic hit, fast forward, we all know. Anyway, now <laughs> Uber is the cheaper version. And I kid you not, yesterday when I was checking uh, you know, to schedule a ride to come over there, it was upwards of $50 one way just to go to north hollywood yo and it made no sense to me whatsoever i was like reggie i love you but like a hundred dollars to come to north hollywood that's, that's one that's, that's one hell
0: of a podcast it'd be one hell of it a podcast like, this better
1: be one hell of a podcast for me to come to spend a hundred dollars no it was uh but it's interesting because i feel like a really important topic is you know the the drivers uh Uh, have decreased because they, it just wasn't benefiting them. And I totally understand that, you know, it seems these rideshare companies were taking a lot of the money um, and not being very transparent with you as a consumer with where your money was going. They just kind of raised the prices and you assume, okay, well maybe they're paying their drivers better. They were not. Um, So yeah. And you know, some of them still don't have insurance and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think it's starting to get a little bit competitive with pricing again, but I think this is the new normal for rideshare because um driver capacity has decreased but demand is still there so they are kind of able to charge whatever they want
0: oh this is 100% the new normal like we should have seen mm-hmm. this coming there is no right. way we should have been able to get a ride from west hollywood to long beach mm-hmm. for $15 mm-hmm. Okay, I, know. <laughs> I know.
1: It never made sense. It never made sense, but we all went with it. We all
0: went with it. We were like, okay, we're going to do this. And then they did the pull to get us even more on crack. Because then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, oh, my God, I can go from West Hollywood to Valley Village for $3? Okay, I'll yeah, do that. And more people signed and wh- up and signed up and signed up. And then, bam, yep. got him. And now yep. the prices are what prices should be for a company that is evaluated at over billions of dollars right they've got to keep the the stock price going up so this is the new normal and this is what we're going to get but lyft i'm telling you i tried to get a lyft the other day and literally Mm -hmm. the the price for uber was 20 dollars. lyft was 60 i'm like what are y'all doing
1: right like i understand competition that's like if you go down the block and they're opposing gas stations on either side and one's like 367 and one's Three seventy-five. That makes sense. That's normal competition. Yeah. But like a six thousand percent markup—that—that that makes no sense <laughs>
2: no, to
0: me. No sense. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I love I love the I love the the the, the corporate talking. You, you know what I'm saying we we know about the, the the who was the old CEO? Was that Travis Kalanick? Was is, is that what his name was? The uh, old CEO of Uber? was it? I
1: I don't remember his name, but I'll tell you why I know the new CEO. Well, because it, they made a big headline splash about it. But he's Iranian American. Oh. Um. So I immediately, it caught my attention because I was like, okay, okay, go in there, make some changes, you know, my peoples. And then he didn't, I don't know if he did like the most fantastic job. So it was kind of (laughs) like, well, I don't really know if he's Iranian American. Have we even checked that? You know, like. Somebody should check that.
0: Y'all like um, uh, we go claim him right we're gonna now. Claim him. We'll let um, that one. We'll let that one go. He is kind of fairer well, think, skinned. We'll let him go.
1: He is a little lighter, <laughs> lighter skinned. Um, he does have the beard, and his name is for sure Iranian. But uh, no. But I think Uber was in the red for a really long time, and yeah. I haven't checked recently. But I think they might still be in the red. So I don't really know what's going on with their finances. But it's a really interesting. Uh, it's a really interesting place to be. To be such a popular. App that has you know sprawled all across the world and still be in the red, so that should tell you something about how things are working out. Exactly financially for everybody. Exactly. So
0: okay, now you are uh, Iranian. Now, Mm -hmm. when you say, do you so do you check people who say Iran like you're 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 from Iran or you're from Iran? Do you are you that person that checks people?
1: Well, yeah, and I you know I kind of try to do it really quickly if someone says Iran I'm like Iran you know I don't make a big deal out of it like well let me tell you I just say it so that they know because I think most people are well meaning Yeah. I think what gets on my nerves a lot is when people on the news mispronounce it because I'm like listen that country has been in the news for decades you know literally there is something new every week so how can you not know how to pronounce it properly at this point I feel like they're trolling us Yeah, yeah, yeah. they just want to annoy us you know what I mean because like Everybody knows how it's pronounced. So to choose, it's the same way where there's, you know, there's people on the right, on, like, right-wing pundits that will say um, our vice president's name incorrectly. Yeah. And it's like, I know you know how to say it. You are just doing it to be an asshole. Oh, can we cuss? Sorry.
0: Oh, say what you like. Say what you like. I mean, be in in pajamas, cuss, do anything you Mm -hmm. want. This is is your world. That's right.
1: Um, Coffee in hand.
0: Okay, coffee in hand. At 2.30, you can give a damn about sleep. I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I've been up. It's so unhealthy. I'm like up constantly with the news and Twitter with all the breaking stuff that's coming out of like Afghanistan and Iran. So it is very unhealthy what I'm doing. So it's a humorous way to look at it. But it's like, yeah, I'll just have the coffee. I'm going to be up anyway. Worried about what's going on so I might as well be peppy about it.
0: Yes. Okay, so okay So you're a worry wart. Have you always been a worrisome person? Are you are you are you worrisome? Or is it just the times right now or were you the kid worried about shit all the time?
1: I feel like worry might be Worry might not be the best term. I feel like it's I'm very aware of things of my surroundings whether that's like me going out somewhere and being aware of, I don't know, a seedy character in the corner, like, hmm, where'd that guy come from, you know? yeah Or to this day and age, it's like, because the things that happen in a part of the world where my family hails from and I still have family, so obviously, and I visited, so clearly I'm gonna be more conscious of what's going on in that part of the world anyway. Um, And then to think about, I don't know, the plight of other people and the ramifications that can have on the rest of the world and all that kind of stuff. I do worry about stuff like that. I feel like I'm less worried about day to day stuff. Like what's going to happen to my future? Am I going to book that job? I I'm less worried about that. And I take on more of, um, yeah, the plight of the world. It goes back and forth, Reggie, honestly, about what keeps me up at night. So it toggles back and forth like Uber and Lyft. So I'm like, which one's going to dominate my brain space today?
0: Your poor brain. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about, you, know, you just said something about, am I going to book that job? Because you are an actress. Um yes. And I did a deep dive into your Instagram. When you, when you say deep dive on Instagram, basically, it's just a rabbit hole, right? I went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. I was scrolling, scrolling down. Scrolling, yeah, scrolling, yeah, I was just scrolling, scrolling down. Yeah. And then I saw mm-hmm. that you were a host of Persians, Persia Is it Persian or Persians? Per.
1: It's Persia's Got Talent, and I was a judge. Excuse me. Persia, not a
0: host. Persia's Got Talent. So you were a judge. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, yeah. so... I, and this is the thing, because me and um, I think me and Kevin were talking about this like a week ago when I said possibly you were gonna be on here. That we forget yeah. that there are many iterations of these shows around the world, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. How how did you become the host of this? Was, tell me first. How did you become the host of? Oh, not the host, a judge on Purges Got Talent. Why did they select Nazanin to be a host?
1: Well, I don't know. Some people might think because they're crazy, but they uh, they just the producers had reached out to my uh, manager and, you know, they said, you know, this is going to be another franchise from the official, you know, got talent behemoth Mm -hmm. and uh, we're interested in her in this position. Is she interested? And I know they were putting out feelers to other people like, you know, other comedians and actors and kind of stuff like that. Um, And we had a really good Skype call then you know, I was of course very interested cause it was the first time that there was going to be a global talent show showcasing Iranian talent. And it would be in Persian, Persian speaking, um, a Persian speaking show. So I was like, well, this is awesome. Uh, so, you know, they flew me out to Sweden where I got to meet with some of the network heads and, um, other people from the production team. And it just, it, it worked and that's it. We got started a month later. I went back and we shot in Stockholm.
0: Wow. That's so dope. Yeah, pretty quick. That's really yeah. dope. um, who, what was the best what was the best talent that you saw as a judge on that show?
1: Um, there was a few. There was one guy that did um, kind of like a blending of traditional Iranian music but with more current instruments and I thought that was so unique. I love when we can blend cultures uh, mm-hmm. to create art. Um, and then there was this uh, cousin duo that they did mashups, but it was uh, in Persian language songs mixed with American R and B songs Damn. with Persian beats. So all of that to me was like very unique because mashups aren't um, new. You know, it's not like they created it, but the fact that they were blending again the culture and the different languages over yeah. the same types of beats and stuff that was really cool to me. Um, we had a really good. Um, like an interpretive dancer, uh, we had a really amazing guitarist who could shred, who could sing, who could play acoustic, and all that kind of stuff. So, we saw a lot of different types of people. We had a wonderful opera singer, um, she sang in, in Persian as well, and she sang traditional opera. So, there's a lot of really cool stuff that we saw.
0: Yeah, that's so dope. Um, I think yeah. that's that's so cool to have been able to do that. And you got on your resume, that's so tight. I was a judge for yeah. Persia's Got Talent, that's insane!
1: Yeah. It was it was a really great experience.
0: Yeah. And you got to. So I'm looking at your IMDb right now and I did not know this, um, but you have been on two television shows with female presidents. Did you know that? Did you did you know that? But did you think of it that way?
1: I didn't even think of it until you just said it. And I'm like, wait, I was right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. Political yeah. Animals, which I used to watch because I'm, I'm a Sigourney Weaver. No, no, no that wasn't Sigourney Weaver. Was it? Who was... Who was uh... Yeah,
1: it was Sigourney Weaver. It was, Weaver. Sigourney, it was Sigourney,
0: Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of... I was a fan of that show, and one of my best friends was on that show. Um, oh, what? La, what Monica, La Monica Garrett.
1: Oh, very nice.
0: Yeah, and he played her, like security or drive something i remember it was like his first first big recurring job on this show yeah. and i think yeah i think y'all shot that in virginia was it in virginia you guys shooting that
1: no we shot it in uh well my my uh episode was shot in philly
0: philly that's right they were in, yeah he was in philadelphia that's right um yeah. Yeah. okay so that and madam secretary with tia leone correct tia leone
1: yeah yeah tia leone yeah so yeah so she was, uh she's lovely lovely woman i remember i turned to her too we were waiting for to shoot this funeral scene and um i had a friend who was like obsessed with her like for years and he was like you have to tell her i was like i'm not gonna tell her that this is the first time i'm meeting her it's so unprofessional like, please i just i was like listen my, my my friend wants me to tell you that he's obsessed with you and he's in love with you and he thinks you're so hot and she was like oh well thank you so much tell him i said thank you so i made his dreams come true which i would like to you know just
0: put that out there. Yeah, you're you're a you you are a friend, you're a love connector. That's what you, you tried to Yeah yeah tried, love connector. Tried yeah, to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Tried to, nothing ever happened, though. Not with
1: No no, it would never happen. No. Yeah. But you know, just to, <laughs> just for that person to know that their name was uttered in her presence was enough for them.
0: <laughs> okay. So blue check. How did yeah. you how did your blue check come about? When did you get your blue check? Was it something you ascribed to get, or was it like, ah, oh, I'll take the damn thing because they give giving them out?
1: Um, it was when Persia's Got Talent was gearing up for uh, airing. Mm-hmm. And the network did the whole application. Because you know, you have to do like an application. You're supposed to like send in articles that are related to you and press and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like a web official, like, your IMDb website and all that kind of stuff. So um, one of our friends over at NBC submitted all this stuff for me
2: yeah i'm trying to
1: remember like i was like i was like she was the one that did it right yeah and uh and then it just it just happens you know you just log into your page and then it like updates and it's there you know which is the most important thing in life is to have a blue check so uh <laughs> i made it you made it um, <laughs> i made it as i wait for more work yeah, yeah. we
0: made it but but did you notice but. anything like change around your like interactions with instagram and people after you were blue check verified
1: you mean like how people treat you yeah um yeah i mean the request for people to like for you to post their work definitely (laughs) skyrocketed um you know like can you just do this can you just do that and uh uh, I, I like to help out other artists and causes for sure. I'm sure you've seen, like I post with, you know, for things that are going on in the world that I yeah. think are important or artists that I think deserve more attention and credit. Um, but I'm the type of person too, I guess, cause I also don't like being told what to do that when people come at me and they're like, you should do this, you should post that. I'm like, well, who says who, let me make that decision, <laughs> you know? Um, so that, that skyrocketed a little bit too is, uh, yeah. yeah, the requests, the requests go up. And I think you get, you start getting, like, more DMs from other blue checks. <laughs> uh, does that make sense? Like, the blue the blue check DMs go up. Yeah, right. They're like, oh, hey. Right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you just noticed me because I have blue checks? No, no thanks. I'm good.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, because that's what happens, right? Because now you're part of this exclusive fraternity, right? You're in right. the blue check. You are somebody, Right. And mm-hmm. so now all of a sudden mm-hmm. the other somebodies want to hang out with this somebody. And so the, the DMs just naturally come up. What's the craziest or what, what's the wildest thing that's happened in the DMs for Nazanin?
1: Well, going back to the toggling back and forth, <laughs> um, it goes between people that curse you out and wish like death and violent crime on you for wow. something you've said. Yeah. And then it goes to people saying what they'd like to do to you sexually. And then it goes to people that are actually really sweet and nice and say kind messages about, you know, just you or the work you've done and how it makes them feel. That stuff is really sweet. Um, to people use it as a dating app for sure. Oh, to for try sure. to ask you out. Yeah. And, um, you know, a couple of people have been successful and, uh, and yeah, so I think it runs the gamut. It's always a crap shoot. When you open up your DMs, like, is someone going to wish rape on me today? Oh, or Lord. are they going to yeah. ask me out? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool being a woman on social media, Reggie.
0: I always, I've said that to my wife and I've said that to just women in general, mm-hmm. it's gotta be mm-hmm. like frightening at times to just, I mean, yeah you're living in a world where dominated by dudes who right, just think that they control anything that they want. Right. It's just, it's just yeah. crazy. I can't even imagine dealing with that, especially and being it, a good looking woman. Like that's, I mean, I get it enough being a good looking dude. You know what I mean? Like now right, being course. a good looking woman is
1: like, it's, flooded. it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's Your crazy. Must be overflowing. Yeah. yeah. But, totally. Um, yeah. I mean, it's also like, I feel like it's a societal thing, too, that kind of is cross-cultural, where you can tell there's there's women that do it, too, um, oh, yeah. you know, because they have, like, internalized misogyny and patriarchy in them. But there's men that will also kind of, like, use that one thing that universally has been used to shut women up, which is either to make you feel stupid... To comment on your looks or to call you a whore or something like that. That's the way that you're supposed to get women to shut up, you know, and it doesn't work anymore on a lot of people. And it's kind of it's just laughable at this point where once people start talking to you that way or wishing certain things upon you just because you don't agree with them or you don't say something they like or you wear a top that's too low cut in their opinion or whatever it may be. Um, it's really easy to discern those types of people and to just kind of laugh and feel bad for them. Like, oh, I know where this is coming from. You have some sort of pain or insecurity or trauma or whatever, and you're just projecting it onto me. And you just move on with your day. It doesn't affect you the same as it might have in the beginning. That's yeah. what I will say.
0: Yeah. And that's good. I mean, you're you're vibing on a higher frequency, and you got you stop letting the noise control you. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if when you say they make you feel, well, they don't make you feel. It's... Mm-hmm. people allowing them to somebody to make them feel a certain way. So I love to hear right. that you take control of that and you're like, nah, fuck that. I'm not going to let you make me feel bad today about this dumb ass thing. You said from a thousand that, like, miles away. You know what I'm saying?
1: Ab- <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that.
0: It's the craziest thing. It's the, it's the craziest and funniest thing when I see people losing their mind over comments from somebody from Twitter or Instagram, and they've never met this, this person. They will never meet them in real life, but it has affected no. everything they do for the day.
1: But see, I also think that, that some of that comes from if that person says something that touches on something that you're already insecure about, yeah. it's going to get amplified. You know, So that's like when you have to also kind of step back and take a look at yourself and work on yourself and... Um, I mean, it's hard. Social media, navigating social media um, when you start having a bit of a larger presence mm-hmm. can be challenging at first, and you really got to get that shit under control, or else it could, it can consume you, and it can affect your like mood and your emotion and and how you act, and you know, just everybody should let everyone be themselves as long as they're not hurting anybody. Just everybody be yourself, but that's very hard for a lot of people to do.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now, is this something you always knew you wanted to do? Did you go? Because now you're, you were. You were born in Iran or were you born in Arlington, Virginia?
1: I was born in Arlington, Virginia. Yeah, okay. I've never lived in Iran. I've visited, but I've never lived there.
0: Okay. So you were born yeah. in in uh Virginia. And how was that yeah. being being born there? Were you was there a, was there an Iranian communi- community you were a part of there or was it just were you different?
1: Um I was so we had our own diaspora community of other like pan- couples that my parents were friends with when they came here in 1975 met while they were in college and outside of college and everybody became friends so all of us kids grew up together these are people still that i'm that we're all our families are friends with that we see on a regular basis that's like my family you know Mm -hmm. um so i had that but then when i was in school it was a different story so when i was like in elementary school Um, my elementary school was predominantly black and Hispanic. And so I always felt more, it was more inclusive. um, You know, it just was more inclusive. It wasn't like, I wasn't like the different one really necessarily um, as far as like ethnicity. But then when I moved, we moved to a new um, area in Virginia, Northern Virginia, and it was predominantly white. And so my middle school and my high school was predominantly white. And then I was different. And then that's when I would hear, you know, you hear teasing and racial slurs and Mm -hmm. terrorist related comments and all that kind of stuff. So that's where I had the hardest time. Um, That's where like a lot of the bullying and all this kind of stuff uh, happened in my life. And then I got to college and I went to one of the most diverse universities in america and so that was really great too because then there was like a large population of not only iranians and just all types of people from the middle east and everywhere um so then i kind of stepped into my own in college too i was like well fuck that shit first of all you guys are all gonna learn how to say my full name because nobody tried to say it in school um and uh that's and it's it's where i have this pet peeve where i meet people and i'm like i met someone at a birthday party last week and i and he was like what was your name again i was like Nazanin. He was like, okay, so what's your other name? I was like, I don't know what that means. I don't have another <laughs> name. And he was like, okay, so then Nas. I was like, no, I, I'm i Nas And like, you know, like my mom and dad or my close friends might call me Nas because it's like a nickname. But like, I don't, int- it's like you introducing yourself to someone, hi, I'm Reggie. They're like, okay, Reg, you know, it's a little annoying.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you don't call me yeah. Reg unless we done kicked it before. You know what I mean? We, we, gotta, exactly. be, we gotta be home. And also,
1: yeah, and I feel like it's also tied to this fact for me personally, because I relate stuff like that to people trying to kind of like bully you or erase your identity or like change you so that you fit their comfort level because they can't say your name. So they're going to fit you into something that they're comfortable with. And I'm like, no, you're going to if it makes you uncomfortable, too bad. Learn how to say my name. You know exactly. So that just went off the rails a little bit. No, Sorry but I love that. it. <laughs> like, hey, say my fucking name. <laughs> hey,
0: you are in control of this. This is twenty twenty one. It's your world. You you run it. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> did you always now, as far as acting and and you you real quick to touch back on. You said um you went to yeah. a diverse university. What what school did you go to? So
1: I went to George Mason University. Oh. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. So we're like right outside of D.C. And I actually studied I had two majors. One was government international politics and then one was communication. So um, my goal was to go to law school. And so that was kind of the equivalent of pre-law at our Mm -hmm. university. And I did. I worked in corporate litigation for a few years in New York. Uh, in Washington DC and then in New York and acting for me was always a passion and an interest. And I played violin. So music was there too, but I always did it in school and as a hobby. And it was just kind of like this dream of like, Oh, I wish I could be on SNL or be in a movie or da, da, da. But then I was like, Oh, that's what, you know, I'm Iranian. And I don't know, we don't really do that. And I, I gotta go, you know, get my degree and just, I don't know, be like a good Iranian girl and become a lawyer and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then I, you know, I was doing it and I was like, this is making me so unhappy. And one of my professors, at GMU had told me before we graduated, she was like, listen, I know you want to go straight to law school, uh, but I think that I recommend that you work in a law firm first so you can understand what the day-to-day is like and then make that decision. I'm so glad I listened to her and I didn't just apply to law school and go because I would have been miserable. Um, But yeah, so I got out of the corporate world and then I started just kind of pursuing entertainment in New York Wow! from there.
0: Yeah. So crazy. Like you, you just never know what the hell somebody's story is. And like you said, that you just you met somebody at a birthday. Because I met you at a birthday party. Um, you at, did at Amir Khan's birthday party with uh, mm-hmm. Sarah and a bunch of other funny ass people. And
1: very funny people. Yeah. yeah. Like
0: I got to get Amir on this damn on this damn podcast. I love that dude. And why hasn't he
1: been on yet? Why well, hasn't he been I on haven't.
0: Yet? I haven't asked him yet. And. Um, he fuck is God. he fuck is up. a we we talked about um smokers cuz i have a grill i have a smoked smoker grill i have a camp chef and he's uh-huh. all about the traegers and he was like fuck a camp chef and so we got a little smoker beef i don't know what you're beef.
1: saying right now yeah
0: but it's it's about okay. it's about meat and barbecuing. and we got a whole beef going on no pun intended
1: no pun intended <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but yeah, I gotta get him on this show because that is another funny ass dude, and you were holding he's, your own in a room full of funny ass dude, which is why I was like, yo, I gotta know who this person is, let's find out her story. uh what were you gonna say okay, you're gonna say you, he's Reggie. he oh for sure, you were gonna say he's what?
1: No, I just say he's hilarious. he's like probably my favorite comedian in l a um and I just think he's so funny and so talented,
0: yeah, very funny, and he 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 took my money in a poker game, so I gotta get that back. Um, yeah. Now well, as you we, probably
1: lost it fair and square. Yeah,
0: I did lose it fair and square. I will not say he <laughs> he did he did he beat me. He 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 beat me. Is that from you? You see, ever seen rounders? He beat me. Pay that man his money um have oh, you seen I rounders right seen kevin that. i have not but i uh, what i'm gonna check it out okay again. it's a poker movie What's rounder rounders rounders is the term for guys who would who play poker for a living right these guys mm-hmm. go around all they do is find games and they play and they play and there's just rounders they're making the rounds mm-hmm. they play these Got poker it. games it's written um it's co-written and directed well it wasn't directed i don't think but co-written by brian koppelman who is uh, a Twitter and Instagram friend of mine who is amazing, and he's also the showrunner for Billions on Showtime. Um, got
1: it, got it, got it. Got yes. It, got it, got it, got it.
0: The movie's called Rounder, okay. starring Matt Damon and uh, who's the guy from American History X, Kevin? Um, Norton? I, yes, Edward Norton Jr. Um, yes. He is, uh, it's him and Matt Damon, John Turturro, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Okay, as we wind down, you're going to go see Rounders, yeah. you're going to watch that, it's available I think yeah. on, on HBO Max so or any plug. of those. Are
1: you getting like a kickback I from this movie? I don't, but on? you
0: know what I do? I try to plug Brian's movies and all this stuff because at some point I want to be on Brian's podcast, which is called oh, The okay. Moment, it's great, so I try to plug that and I want to be on Billions because it's probably my favorite show on TV right now, so I try okay, to gain I favor. Yeah. I try to gain favor with Brian any way I can, so I will plug his movies sense. and all that stuff. Um, but as we wind down, this has been a great conversation. I want to get serious, and and my serious voice. Your voice. Okay, serious. It's time to get no, but but I mean tracks. because what's what I think is so dope about your page and what I found fascinating about you is. You're a funny, good-looking woman on Instagram who is also posting about shit that matters. Right? It's not right. just the influencer look at me and all that stuff. It's, you know, there's funny stuff, there's some look at me, but there's a lot of look at the world. So, right. I want to know like why? What what where what has made you? What brought that that kind of sensibility to you and What are some of the things that we should give a damn about right now that you don't feel most people do
1: it kind of started from when you grow up I feel like when you grow up as an Iranian child of immigrants Mm -hmm. you are already automatically thrown into this world of political chaos because of the history of what has happened in Iran over the last few decades. which, you know, everyone can go look up. But uh, so it was like as a child, I I was already watching the news with my family. I was hearing the conversations that my parents were having when we would have gatherings at our homes. And it made me very interested to understand because, you know, the way Iranians talk about politics, too, is they get deep into it and they get deep into like who's really behind certain things. It's not what it seems like. And just the information you get, little blurbs on the news, there's a lot of players that are in behind the scenes that are doing proxy wars and all these types of things that are going on that like. Like a lot of the general public might not know about. Um, and so I always, I just had that. And then other causes have always been important to me just because I feel like humanity in general, like everybody should be treated equally. Everybody should um, be able to enjoy freedoms and equal rights. And when I see that there are people in communities that aren't, it just affects me deeply. I don't know how else to describe it, but it, I, it's like I feel it. So, and then I want to like share that information with the world. It's like, oh my God, did you guys know this? Because maybe if you knew this, It would you would care more. You would do something about it, you know, and so I just try to get like the word out. And I feel like especially when it comes to like Iran or countries in the Middle East, the only way that they get reported on in the news is always so negatively because there's always such negative things going on. But a lot of people, again, don't know the background of how we got into these certain situations in countries of the Middle East and the role that other countries and foreign interferences played. And so I try to just get that information out as objectively as possible because, and sometimes I do it with humor because I personally find that the, that trying to get information to people and having a comedic twist on it, like in satire form, kind of like, George Carlin did kind of like the Daily Show does and Weekend Update does. That's kind of how information sticks to people more and they're more willing to uh, listen to it and absorb it is not when someone's, uh, you know, wagging their finger like you should care about this. But it's like, hey, here's a funny joke about this thing. And also here's some information about it, you know. Um, so I don't know. I just it's, it's something I'm very passionate about and I'm not going to stop doing it.
0: Appreciate that. And I love, love, love all of that. Um, What is going on with uh, Iran and how can we help? How can listeners help? What can we do? Is there any specific uh, site you would send people to to make a difference or learn about some things that they don't know?
1: I would first start with maybe trying to follow human rights organizations like amnesty international um the center for human rights in iran amnesty international iran specifically um there's a specific iranian uh journalists that are in iran and in the diaspora that <clears throat> uh you know report on things that are going on daily um which i can even send you like a list if you want to include it but um you know, I would do that first because also, and, and to do your own research, because the history of Iran and especially the political situation is so long and complicated and nuanced and intricate. It's not very easily explained in like a minute. Um, but currently the thing that's going on, like just right now, that's pressing is there's a lack of vaccines because the Supreme Leader of Iran, Khamenei uh, decided that he was going to ban U.S. and British vaccines from coming into the country. Um, and he held on to that tight as people kept dying and dying and dying. And it's really bad. The, Iran has the highest rate of COVID and the highest deaths from COVID in the entire region of the Middle East. It's a very dire situation. And um, he did reverse course a few days ago because there was a huge international outcry, too. And, and there's so much um, there's like a magnifying glass put on the country now because of what he did. And I don't know if that helped at all. We'd like to think maybe it did. Like, you, you know, if you shame people enough, like they might change course. But um, uh, then he said they will allow it. But we're all still kind of waiting to see, like, is it actually getting allowed? Are they going to go in? Um, so, that, I mean, that's what's going on there. And then uh, Afghanistan is just kind of unfolding on the news where yeah. the whole country just fell to the um, Taliban and you know, there's also various human rights organizations that are trying to aid people that are going to be refugees, um, so money being sent for that, for food, for shelter, you know, reaching out to your local representative to let them know how you feel. There's pre-made letters that there's a lot of um, Afghan journalists that are posting to their Twitter and Instagrams that you can, you know, on those like um, the moveon.org and all those uh, websites that, that you can add your name to a specific, um, by I blanking on the word, petition. Um, and uh, you can sign those so you can reach out. And, and just like amplifying the voices of the people that are there, honestly, like, you know, when when they're telling you what's going on and what's happening, please share it. Please post it. Um, I, I find that a lot of people maybe because they don't know some people because they don't have a lot of information about that region, they they refrain From saying anything about it, and I understand that because they don't want to misstep, but if you can find people that are from that place and trusted sources and trusted journalists and just keep amplifying that so that it does catch the attention of the world, um, I think that's the most helpful thing we can do in this exact moment because none of us are politicians, but we can do whatever we can to spread the word and Yeah. Have our voices and their voices be heard.
0: Exactly. Um, And it's something I said the same thing about, you know, last year and and the year before when we were Mm -hmm. in the midst of the uh, civil unrest that was going on in the United States, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement and, and the protests. And, you know, it's dope. Especially with social media. We're living in a time where we've got technology and computers in our the palm of our hands and it's easier than right. ever to share information and find out information. It's dope to post your brunch, post your vacation, post you, but mix in some information sharing and spreading and mm-hmm. you can help make the world a better place. You ain't gotta spend a hundred dollars to give something to anything, sometimes just sharing information so that somebody right. who does have more uh, you know, opportunity to do something or resources can see the information that they might not have known. And that sparks them into action. All you're doing is helping push the culture forward when you share information and not just vanity. So I want to thank you so much for coming on Nazanin Noor. Thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate you. The blue check diaries is once a week. We have the best guests. We've had just the greatest time. I thank you so much for coming on and I appreciate it. Kevin, thank you for running the board and, um, is there any where? Where can we find you? Make sure uh, you put your 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 socials and your handles. Anything you want people to to get with you at from here, let them know.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Kevin. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Nazani Noor and on Instagram at I am Nazani Noor.
0: There we go. You don't got a TikTok.
1: I do but I'm I just made it 2 weeks ago like oh, okay. I finally caved so I'm not really very active on it yet so okay. I mean y'all don't really need you can follow me if you want but um, I'm you, just getting the hang of it. You working on
0: your dance moves? You working on your dance moves for the cuz you yeah, got to do a I really want to
1: do the breakfast challenge. There you it's go. so fun but yeah, maybe I'll do it. <laughs> all
0: right, that is Nazaninor. Noor. Thank you so much. We'll talk to y'all later next week. I'm probably right Reggie Watkins. Rate us, review us, subscribe, leave a comment but don't be hating. Talk to you soon. Peace.